good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special bonus episode on Gotta Have Heart Wrestling by your truly Jamal Honus. And I just witnessed probably one of the recent memorable Warrior Rumbles of all time. It actually happened this past January, the 2020 Warrior Rumble pay per view event. And you gotta believe, looking at this event, after watching it over and over again, this was gonna be lived in a lot of these fans' memories, even mine, for a very, very long time. It was special. We had returns. You've had great championship matches. You've had a false handling matchup. You've had those memories that you can look back on and remember that this happened at this event in 2020. I, did, I gotta say, this whole year has been crappy. We only got maybe some 10 days left of the year before 2021 hits. And you gotta remember, if anything that happened to WWE this year, that was one for one to remember, it is the 2020 Water Bowl event here. This event will take place from the Minute Maid Park, baseball park in Houston, Texas, with an attendance record of 42,715 fans. This is probably like the fourth time in the history that I've the World Events hosted in not only a stadium like, but in a baseball field of this magnitude. This is huge. Remember the 1970 World Rumble with 60,000 fans? Remember the 2017 World Rumble with you know, same amount, maybe 50, 45,000 fans. Remember last year's Warren Bowl, you know, with a lot of fans there as well in Phoenix, Arizona. So you got to really think about, like, as every year goes by, Warren Bowl event gets bigger and bigger. And it just gets more memorable. And this one was certainly the to remember here. We got the Men's Warren Bowl match, the Women's Warren Bowl matchup, SmackDown Women's Championship on the line, Raw Women's Championship on the line. You know, title match, a false kind of anywhere matchup here. You gotta think that what surprises can we look forward to seeing at this Rumble event? And I gotta say, out of any Warner match, I think this one will provide us with a huge, huge surprises here. First of all, we got two matches happening in the pre show here. We got Sheamus, who now has come back with this new look, this new attitude, face off against Shorty G. And Shorty G at the time wanted to just prove himself that he can be as good as he once was as part of the American Alpha team back in NXT. Shortly did it. Oh, sorry. I got to lose that. You got to use that term loosely shortly. At this point, he would not, unfortunately, win this matchup here. Sheamus would defeat Shorty G with the bro kick in 12 minutes and 35 seconds. And even though Shorty G did quite hang with Sheamus for a while, I think it was, the Celtic Warrior was too much to be proven how uh, small Shorty G's chances were winning this matchup here on the kickoff show. Next up, we have Andrade Cien Almas with his manager, Zelina Vega, facing off against Humberto Carrillo in a singles match for the United States Championship here. Now, Humberto Carrillo, this guy's impressed me a lot. Ever since being part of the 205 Live roster, getting up to the main roster, he get drafted to Monette Raw. This guy's always been impressive. 2019 was his year, you know, showing off how impressive he can be, you know, being that he's Mexican and... You know, any way, shape, or form. And that is history. It's always proven that Mexican wrestlers could really stand out. Such as, look at Rey Mysterio. Look at the late, great Eddie Guerrero. These Mexican superstars tend to rise above it. And another one, the current United States champion, Andrade Cien Almas, had this event. So, Andrade successfully defended the championship, defeating Humberto Carrillo in 14 minutes and 20 seconds here. It was a pretty good match. I felt this match could have been on the main card as far as, you know, Championship match goes, and even maybe these two could have been in part of the men's order matchup. They weren't, you know, spoiler ahead, they weren't part of the men's order matchup yet, but they could have. This is how good this match was here. 
But now let's get to the main show. Throne will kick off here. We have 42,000 fans in the arena here. And by the atmosphere, as the way this looked on the kickoff show, you knew this was going to be a huge event. And how big event this was, they announced that this one match will kick off with the false count anywhere matchup between Roman Reigns and King Corbin. This rivalry's been brewing since even Roman Reigns getting into SmackDown back in the draft on the first ever Friday Night SmackDown on Fox on October 4th, 2019. So you gotta really think about it. What happened to Survivor Series communication? But SmackDown still defeated teams NXT and Team Raw. And by to chagrin, King Corbin got a victory over Roman Reigns at the TLC pay per view in 2019 in a table and chairs match affair. That's pretty huge itself. Huge victory for King Corbin at the time. King Corbin had his henchmen, you know, Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler here. And of course, you got the family bloodline in Roman Reigns' corner of Jimmy and JD Usos. This match could went either way here. This match even spilled to the back, into the state, into the back of the ballpark itself. Even backstage area, we saw both Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode, even the Usos, fighting each other. I think somewhere within the park, within the confines of the park. I don't remember where exactly, but you know, nonetheless, it was you know so pretty entertaining to watch it. Even going to the top of the Empire, that's the first time we've seen two superstars. Well, wrestlers in this case fight on top of the empire. That's pretty insane. Remember with the spirit to King Corbin on top of the empire again, the one, two, three, in 21 minutes and 20 seconds. I can't remember a time where there had been a match to kick off with an event so big like that than that false game matchup. That was an excellent idea for WWE to make this matchup for us, knowing that both Roman Reigns and King Corbin would not end with the night, as they would have double duty competing in the men's order matchup later on that night. So I got to. Bring on praise both guys there for putting on such a good match. Roman Reigns getting a huge victory and subsequently ending this rivalry with King Corbin once and for all. So, yeah. Next up, we have the 30 women's four-run match up here for a chance to take to challenge any women's championship, whether it's Raw, SmackDown, or NXT at WrestleMania. And first off, we kick off with probably my favorite superstar, Alexa Bliss, being number one entry here. And surprise, surprise, we have. In NXT's own, Bianca Belair, the EST of NXT, kicking off with Alexa Bliss, coming out number two here. Now, this is pretty interesting here. You got Alexa Bliss, SmackDown Superstar, and NXT's own, Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair's first vulnerable, mind you. I think, as you were to watch that match back and forth here, you will see how a superstar makes their first appearance in a royal matchup. Their world will debut and see how impressive they are. Bianca Belair probably had to be the most impressive woman to debut in the world matchup here and it lasts as long as she did, it's it's unbelievable. It really is. You two kicked off the world matchup here. Out comes number three. We have not Molly Holly, but Molly Holly's alter ego, Mighty Molly, she would, which at the time she used to be with the Hurricane back in the, I guess, the Alliance version of WCW in 01. So it was pretty cool to see Mighty Molly back, the super alter ego of Molly Holly. So. Yeah, she will last like 10 minutes and 21 seconds, so not too bad for, you know, Mighty Molly's attire to come in this matchup here. And before we got Nikki Cross, of course, Alexa Bliss gets some backup here. Alexa, Alexa and Nikki, the best of friends in the tag team. And out comes number five is Lana. I didn't really enjoy this much because Lana mostly ran her mouth on the microphone and talking about how she is better than everybody in Houston, Texas, which that's not right. Subsequently wrong. So, yeah. Well, next up we got NXT's Mercedes Martinez here. 
number six. And, you know, you know she did not get any, any eliminations that night, but she's pretty impressive by far. Isn't it? Rosina Valentina is one of the biggest superstars from the independent scenes here as far as the women's division goes. She's been impressive in NXT. She's even competing in the Mayon Classics 1 and 2. So, as much as I would love to see a, like, she's tall. She's about six foot three. you know? She didn't quite do as much damage as, as I thought she would here. You know, she'll get eliminated by both Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. But, I, I don't know. I was kind of disappointed to just see not how Mercedes Martinez dominated the matchup as I wanted her to be. So, you know. Alex next. We caught Ross Liv Morgan here. And the bad blood between Liv Morgan and Lana from what happened at the so-called wedding back in December of 2019 on Raw between Lana and Bobby Lashley. Weirdest story ever. But, you know, Liv Morgan will end up eliminating Lana. Also eliminated herself in the world match as well. So, making sure that Lana did the win. Now, next, we got Mandy Rose, number eight from SmackDown here. Hey, guys, I'm pretty sure all the male viewers that listen to this, if you're going to watch Mandy Rose's ring attire, I know it's a bit cheeky. You know, both butt cheeks hanging out like that. I, I enjoy it, too. I know it's going to be brought up a lot, you know, but nonetheless, you know, she was pretty impressive here. At one point, she was about to eliminate it, but she was saved by Otis, which I thought that was pretty funny at the time and hilarious. You know, see how big Otis is, and I think from the tip of his tummy to the floor, maybe it's about three feet, so, you know, <laughs> a little sister from, you know, Otis on that part, so it was pretty cool. Up next, we got NXT's Candice LeRae, coming on number nine here, Sonya Deville, number 10, Kyrie Zane, number 11, and yes, Kyrie Zane didn't bring her umbrella into the matchup here, and, you know, so... Pretty weird, but Kyrie Zane pretty much dominated here in the rubber match, so it wasn't too bad here. And if you if you see before number twelve, Mia Yim from NXT come out here, you will see that both Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose get eliminated, and watch both they fall on top of Otis, but Otis cannot catch both of them at the same time. So kind of sucky for the both of them to get eliminated at the same time, considering that they were both going to work together, work together and dominate this whole matchup here. Up next, we got SmackDown's Dana Brooke here. And number 14 comes out Tamina, both on SmackDown. And both were eliminated by Bianca Belair. Again, Tamina only lasted 39 seconds in this matchup here. So, not really a good, you know, night for Tamina as opposed to the previous two Rumbles in the past. Out comes NXT's Dakota Kai. I'm going to tell you this much. I'm a fan of Dakota Kai. Not only because she got the one of the badass legs and the kicks in all of NXT's history. Or, for, or her former tag team with Tegan Knox being Team Superkick. But the way that she wrestles, it's, she really is a badass woman. The look, the attire, the attitude, everything. She could be one woman that one day is going to be NXT champion or go to WWE and become Raw or SmackDown Women's Champions. Like, this woman is a badass. When she turned heel at NXT TakeOver War Games, I was actually, I was surprised, but then I wasn't surprised. Because this needed to happen a long time ago. Dakota Kai was, I think, before her personality was too nice. You know, she, I guess... Again, she's really good in the ring, but I did not like the entire the whole attitude thing and the whole team superkick thing. When she came on her own, you know, now she's managed by Raquel Gonzalez, this Amazon type of a woman. You know, that's really good. For her character, I really think this is the way to go for Dakota Kai. And she, unfortunately, would not last long here. I was disappointed, but like I said, it's more of a match up here. So, up next, we got Chelsea Green, number 16 from NXT. Um... I'm not really a Chelsea Green fan. Um, 
she's an okay wrestler, but I think she's a little bit inexperienced too. She only lasted twelve minutes, twelve seconds before eliminated by Alexa Bliss. So yeah. Up next, we got Raw's Charlotte Flair coming out number seventeen here, and the return of Naomi number eighteen. Even though she was a free agent, her coming back to the match appear, and you're gonna see one impressive moment by Naomi in this match appear where she would not get eliminated here. But before numbers, before entry number 22, because we got also NXT's commentator Beth Phoenix coming out here with a huge pop. So it's pretty cool to see Beth Phoenix. Number 20, NXT's first ever NXT UK superstar, Tony Storm. Yeah, the reason why I say NXT UK is because we never had an entry from the NXT UK brand. You know, now it's not from NXT, but NXT UK. Tony Storm would become, make history become the first woman to become from the NXT UK brand to debut in a world match here. And it was good to see number 21, Bobby Blank, or as known in WWE, Kelly Kelly. It's pretty good to see her, as you know, she did eliminate by Charlotte Flair, but, you know, I always enjoy Kelly Kelly. I, I love Kelly Kelly. She's come a long way in WWE, from being a striptease, I guess, in ECW, to beating Brie Bella for the U.S. Champion one time nine years ago. So, shout out to everyone in WWE. I kind of wish she, she'd come back, you know. She's really good. But... Like I said, before entry number 22, Sarah Logan came out here. We did see almost Naomi killing it, but she grabbed the ring barricade. Her feet would not touch the floor. Maybe about maybe five, six inches. Phone touching the floor, but didn't touch the floor. As she would walk the tightrope, or I guess the security barrier, I might say. And Gunny now stable, well, trying to figure out how to way get back in there. But we saw number 22, Sarah Logan. Number 23, Natalia. Even number 24, NXT Zia Lee coming to this matchup here. The first ever woman's Chinese superstar. Number 25, Selena Vega, as she would, as Naomi finally got an announce table and f- took a piece of the top of the announce table to put against these stairs and, I guess, slide her way down back into the still steps here, but pretty good here. We got NXT Chelsea Blackheart. Let me tell you this much. I did not know much about Chelsea Blackheart before the room match here, but as the year 2020 kind of rolled down, she has been pressing me left and right. She's hosted the and see how we have it but this past October. She did a incredible job in war games this past, you know, a couple weeks ago. And I gotta I gotta say, Shasta Blackheart is coming to a big household name in NXT here, which I'm a big fan of her army tank entrance. She came out with that big army tank, and that's really cool. That's badass. You never see none of that before. So I'm impressed by Shasta Blackheart, you know, in NXT. And you have number twenty seven Carmella and number twenty eight Tegan Knox from NXT also. So eventually you know, Naomi did get in the ring, and unfortunately, they get eliminated by number 30, whom I'm not going to say that. Before I bring up number 30, let me say this. Out of all the weirdest shit I've seen in WWE, this is kind of history we have in Houston, Texas. If you go back to WrestleMania 25, the women's 25th anniversary battle royal, if you know who the winner of that battle royal is, that same man, or no, 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 excuse me, one man would his <laughs> return. Yes, I'm talking about Santino Morella. Even though we already know that Santino Morella, the guy dressed as a girl, would <laughs> come on number 29 and had to run it with her or his former love partner, Beth Phoenix, and confronted by Natalia as well. Before he, she, he, she would take out the Cobra <laughs> and 
I think it's going to either knock out either Beth Phoenix and Natalya knocks himself out the Rumble. <laughs> so, it was, pretty, it was kind of cool to see and pretty funny to see Santina Morella. I think that's probably the last ever time I'm going to see that character ever again. <laughs> so, help me God, you know. <laughs> then, oh man, game over. We have number 30, Shayna Baszler from NXT coming out here. Mind you, Shayna Baszler was the longest NXT Women's Champion owner from... October 27th, 2018 to December 21st, 2019. That is a long championship reign. Nobody's ever going to beat that championship reign. She even beat that championship reign over Asuka. That is damn dominance right there. Yeah, and Shannon Baszler would tell a dominance matchup until it came out to her and Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair would use her long legs to flip Shayna over the top rope, get eliminated, and win the 2020 Women's Warner matchup here. And saying that after the promo, she's grabbed the microphone saying that she's still the badass woman and the diamond in the rough and that she is unstoppable. And I think, you know, I'm really glad that, you know, Charlotte Flair has gotten a warrantable win underneath her belt. She deserved it. I think the year 2019 really proved to be a rocking point for her career to really be back on top as, you know, the leader of the women's division, the women's evolution, you know. So, Charlotte Flair, I really feel like it was fitting for her to win this warrantable match here and Against WrestleMania, you know, so I enjoyed it. The Women's Warrior match would last 54 minutes and 20 seconds here, so it wasn't too bad of a matchup. It was a pretty decent, lengthy matchup compared to last year's. You know, one previously before was like a, an hour and 10 minute, you know, the Women's Warrior match lasted, so I was pretty impressed with this one. It was, it was pretty good. All right, next up, we got Bailey defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans made her Warrior debut the year previously in the Warrior matchup. So this year she would challenge Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship here. Let me say about Bailey. Bailey is right now, I think, other than Charlotte Flair, maybe other than Sasha Banks, Bailey right now, aside from championship ring as SmackDown Women's Champion, was which was about a year and a half, the longest SmackDown Women's Champion in history, from the way she changed on that first episode of Friday Night SmackDown on Fox back in October 2019, it was really fitting for her to get rid of the huggable, the inflatables, the multicolored, and just be a badass version of her. I think this is probably the biggest turn out of any woman I've seen transition to WWE. You know, we've seen different women go from good to bad to bad to good, but I think Bailey's by far is the most recent transformation I've seen out of any female superstar ever. And Bailey became his badass character. And B Charlotte Flair on that Friday night SmackDown, her championship reign will last from then through this vulnerable event, all the way until, you know, this past home and with Sasha Banks. And this is really badass here. And you know Lacey Evans, one of the most athletic women to come up from NXT onto SmackDown here. Unfortunately, she will come up short with even her own daughter, Summer, in the crowd there, watching her mommy in this matchup. And even though Lacey Evans did lose, but at least she proved that, you know, Superstars could be a mom and wrestle at the same time too, so... You know, Lacey Evans right now, I think that'll be one of those role models that you can really look up to and, you know, just show how women can be a mother and be a wrestler at the same time. So, you know, it's pretty badass there. Bailey would win in the Keeper Championship in 9 minutes and 20 seconds. So, not pretty good. Not a not bad match. I'd give it probably 3 out of 5 stars. Could be a little better, but, yeah. Next up, we got The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, defending the Universal Championship against Daniel Bryan. We all saw what happened at the Survivor Series here. Dan Bryan comes up a little short against The Fiend. We even saw what happened at TLC where Dan Bryan returned with this whole new look of shaving his own hair and coming out and laying waste to the Bray Wyatt. 
And even at the time, you know, Dan Bryan transitioning into maybe his former badass self, but it will not be enough. The Fiend Bray Wyatt would defeat Dan Bryan in 17 minutes and 35 seconds here. And my just was a strap match. If you're going to have a leather strap to beat to somebody, you know, I think the last person you're going to be want to strap hands to is to the Fiend. You know, so weird situation for Dan Bryan to choose the stipulation, but evidently it would, you know, kind of cost him. So, yeah. At least he tried his best. I give Dan Bryan a for that friends matchup here. Dan Bryan usually is successful when it comes to wearing with hair, but not this year at 2020. So, the Fiend Bray Wyatt would remain the Universal Champion. Next up, we got the year-long rivalry. Becky Lynch defended the Raw Women's Championship against Asuka. Mind you, these two go way back. Remember the previous year before, one year exactly to this very date, where Asuka made Becky Lynch tap out to keep the SmackDown Women's Championship here. A year later, Becky Lynch is the Raw Women's Champion defending against Asuka with Kyrie Zane in her quarter. It will be some kind of debt for Becky Lynch to collect here. At Becky Lynch will make Asuka tap out to the... Uh, damn, Disarmor, yeah, sorry, excuse me, <laughs> Disarmor submission hold there, and with the feet Oscar in 60 minutes, 25 seconds here, this was a pretty good matchup, I actually enjoyed this matchup, it's always good when Becklinch and Oscar get together, going on one here, I always enjoy the team match between these two superstars here, so, I get about 4.5 out of stars for this matchup here, next up, we got the men's 30-man warrior matchup to see who will win for a championship match in the main event of WrestleMania, this will be huge. Because for the first time ever, the WWE Champion has declared their first entry in the world over here. And that WWE Champion was Brock Lesnar. Now, for those of you thinking, why the hell is Brock Lesnar won a match? He's already WWE Champion. What the hell does Brock Lesnar have to prove by beating 29 of the superstars? He's a champion. So you're thinking, is he going to win the Rumble and he has no challenges for WrestleMania? How does that even work? To me, it was stupid. It was damn right stupid for WWE to... I, I couldn't stand the WWE Champion was on the line. But the WWE Championship wasn't on the line. It wasn't not like nineteen ninety two. It wasn't like two thousand sixteen. This was twenty twenty. So out of all the weird shit that happened this year, this has got to be top of the list. Why the f- is Brock Lesnar the WWE Champion in the Rumble match? It does not make sense. I don't know. This is probably Vince McMahon's stupid book, and Vince McMahon has to listen to the podcast. I don't care if he's the owner of WWE, the only freaking company. This was a fucking dumb decision. It really was. But nonetheless, you know Vince McMahon is going to want to do what Vince McMahon does. He's a billionaire after all. All right, first up, we got Brock Lesnar number one here, and Elias from SmackDown number two. I, I enjoy Elias; he's really cool. I kind of wish he would cut down on the promo talks and the guitars because angering. One thing, last thing you want to do is going to anger a beast to come after you and eliminate you in one minute. So that's how long Elias lasted. And if we keep the score at home, let's keep a tally mark on Brock Lesnar's elimination. Number one. Number three comes out Eric Rowan from Monday Night Raw here. Lasted eight seconds. Number two. Number four, Robert Rowe from SmackDown. Gets eliminated in 41 seconds. Number three. Number five, when John Morrison eliminated in nine seconds. Number four, Kofi Kingston, SmackDown. Before we continue this here, Kofi Kingston had a huge death to Brock Lesnar. On the first Friday at SmackDown Fox, Brock Lesnar defeated Kofi Kingston in six seconds to take the WWE Championship from Kofi Kingston, in which I... As a fan of Kofi Kingston, I was impressed by his WWE Championship run last year on SmackDown. It was truly inspiring and phenomenal by Kofi Kingston to hold the WWE Championship for a good seven months. I'm proud of Kofi Kingston for everything he's accomplished in the WWE, and he still continues to break records to this very day. Kofi Kingston having the longest 10 years career in the WWE today, he still has a lot of best years ahead of him. So, 
Good job. Kofi Kingston was eliminated in five minutes and six seconds here. He's probably one of Brock Lesnar's victims that lasted the longest in this matchup. On number seven comes Rey Mysterio from Monday Night Raw. Gets eliminated in two minutes and 54 seconds. Makes another, you know, score to settle with Brock Lesnar. But unfortunately, Rey didn't last too long here. Up next, Big E. Providing SmackDown here. We tried to help Kofi Kingston wings, but no, no much to the chagrin. It eliminated in 53 seconds. Number 9, Cesaro from SmackDown gets eliminated in 18 seconds. Number 10, Shell Benjamin from Ronnie at Raw gets eliminated in 37 seconds. Shinsuke Nakamura, the Incarnate Champion from SmackDown, gets eliminated in 20 seconds. Which I think Shinsuke could have probably made a big difference, maybe, if he had got too cocky, but, you know, who knows. And number 12, this was just a surprise. But I've heard rumors about this guy being in Houston for that weekend. MVP, who had been in WWE once before, left WWE, went to Impact Wrestling, made a big name for himself, became Impact Wrestling World Champion, went to the Indies, and now is back in WWE. As old as this guy is, love him or hate him, MVP's got to be, that superstar will never go away, because as popular as he was back in 06, he is damn popular with the Hurt Business in 2020. So, MVP to come back, even though he last 24 seconds there, I was actually one guy I was happy to see on MVP back in WWE, Montel Vontavious Porter. That was pretty. That was a freaking huge pop to see MVP back in the world matchup. He didn't even, gonna, even though he got eliminated by Brock Lesnar here. Out thirteen, the big guy Keith Lee from NXT coming out here. This is why we want to see. You got Brock Lesnar and Keith Lee clashing like two big bulls. That is gonna be fucking cool. And to add that. Spice to the fire. You got Braun Strowman, the big monsters Braun Strowman calling number 14. So you got three big-ass heavyweights in the ring at the same time in the world matchup here, all fighting here to the point where you got Keith Lee and Braun Strowman at that confrontation, and Brock Lesnar tossed them both out of the ring. That's like tossing freaking 800, 900 pounds, almost a ton, half a ton outside that ring there. Damn, how down is Brock Lesnar here? And, you know, you hear Michael Cole in commentary. To quote what Michael Cole has said, I don't care how many people complain about Brock Lesnar not showing up for WWE, not fighting when he's supposed to fight, not defending the championship. You cannot take away how damn impressive Brock Lesnar has been in his own matchup. Eliminating 13 straight superstars here. And I got to actually agree with Michael Cole on that statement. Even though Brock Lesnar is not here all the time, he doesn't show up when he's supposed to, he can defend the championship whenever he wants to defend the championship. And, you know, you got to be impressed with Brock Lesnar here. I don't like the guy, but Brock Lesnar put on a damn performance. Unlike ever seen that WWE history before, so it was pretty cool. Uh, okay, we're halfway through the rumble. Out comes fifteen Ricochet here. Ricochet was okay, pretty impressive here, and you know I thought it was gonna be the ass kicking that Brock Lesnar gave him on the Monday Night Raw before the rumble. But <laughs> out sixteen Drew McIntyre here. We all talk about Drew McIntyre. Said he had two things: eliminate Brock Lesnar and run the Royal Rumble here. And we got that stare off against Brock Lesnar. Ricochet comes up with a low blow to Brock Lesnar. And Claymore by Drew McIntyre knocks Lesnar over the top rope and eliminates the WWE Champion here. This is probably the biggest pop I've ever heard in a baseball park. 42,000 fans standing on their feet cheering for Drew McIntyre as he eliminated Brock Lesnar here. I was happy. I was sitting in my mother's room watching this event here and thinking about, damn, that's, this is huge. I didn't really think McIntyre going to go all the way here. He just eliminated Brock Lesnar. The 15 people couldn't do that. He comes on number 16 and does it. That was freaking amazing. You know, finally Brock Lesnar's out of there. We don't need to see Brock Lesnar win a match in for what? You know, for what? 
All right, let's continue here. I think I think it's safe to say this is going to be the second half of the Royal Rumble here because even though Royal Rumble is one match, but I think this is really in just two matches here. So <laughs> out 17 comes the Miz from SmackDown. Gets eliminated by McIntyre in 30 seconds. Oh, by the way, Ricochet did get eliminated by McIntyre in 3 minutes and 9 seconds. So did his best. Out 18 comes AJ Styles here. So, if you, get, if you guys are thinking that AJ Styles and Jim Max had never met each other before, even though they are going to meet each other tomorrow night, TLC, the WWE Network, 7 o'clock, 4 Eastern Pacific, these two actually had a run at the Rumble. So, even though it had not faced on one, tomorrow night, in real life, at WWE table and the chairs, this will be the second time these two would meet face off, but this time for the WWE Championship, and this time in a table and chairs matchup here. Tomorrow night, WWE Network, WWE table and chairs, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. You know, we'll see you then. So, AJ Styles coming number 18 here. And pretty cool, though. You got number 19, Dolph Ziggler. AJ Styles in backup. His partner from the OC, Carl Anderson, number 20 from Monday Raw here, comes out here. And, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not seen the Rumble, but I'm pretty sure you've heard the news, this guy is rumored to be in Houston at the time, planning for a comeback. Number 21, the biggest pop ovation I've ever heard in years in the Rumble history. You have the former retired superstar Edge come out here. And let me tell you this much. My grandfather, my mother, is a big fan of Edge. So, when to hear his music, you think you know me in the background, hearing those 42,000 fans just screaming at the top of their lungs. I was screaming at the top of my lungs. Edge came out there, his entrance, posing, the fireworks, the smoke, the everything. I kind of cried too a little bit. I was like, oh my god, Edge is here? I thought he was tired and broken neck nine years ago in April 2011. Like, holy shit, Edge is here? Like, I couldn't believe it. You know, I still, I thought I was dreaming, you know? So, let's just come back here. This is literally a dream come true of mine as a fan because Edge is the rated R superstar. He's also awesome opportunity. Edge has won every single championship in WWE's history. Like, Edge invented the TLC matchup here. It's, it's crazy. It's so surreal to see Edge come back. Damn, he spares everybody too. He spares AJ. He. he did Roman, he spared McIntyre, he spared Carl Anderson. He actually injured AJ Styles to the point where AJ Styles had to be tossed over the top rope because of an injured, broken shoulder. That's crazy. Like, it's unbelievable here. Let's continue here. We got 22, King Corbin coming out here. And number 23, NXT's Matt Riddle comes out here. And yeah, this is kind of a funny moment here when Matt Riddle comes in the ring, kicks off his shoes. You can see a look in Baron Corbin's face like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, that was a pretty good... You know, a moment to see. I, I'm glad that camera caught King Corbin's face. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty fun to see that. But nonetheless, you know, King Corbin will name Matt Riddle in 41 seconds. So it's kind of a, I don't know what to call it. But it's kind of suckers to see Matt Riddle's first remote appearance last 41 seconds. So, but I'm, I am a King Corbin fan. So that was a huge elimination for him on his part. Number 24, we got Luke Gallows. And number 25th, we got Ross, Randy Orton, coming out here. Mind you, Randy Orton is a two-time Royal Ramona. is looking for his third time to tie with Stone Cold Steve Austin for the all-time Rumble victories. So, it was pretty cool to see Randy Orton coming to Rumble here. Number 26, Roman Reigns, who had battled King Corbin earlier that in the night in the fall for anyway matchup, would show up in the Royal matchup here. Next up, we have, these literally all superstars from Raw, the last four. Kevin Owens, Alistair Black, Samoa Joe, and number 30, surprise, surprise, what the fucking do? Seth Rollins here with this entourage, Money Murphy and the AOP come out here. I thought, you know, Seth Rollins came out with these guys. I'm like, shit, is Seth Rollins really going to stay the Rumble 
with all this help, like, you know, as opposed to winning the year before by himself. But is he going to steal this victory from the Rumble? You know, he, his cronies, or disciples, if you want to call it, eliminated Samoa Joe out to black up here. And, you know, eliminated Kevin Owens. And it was just a main screw up for all the three of those guys. And I thought, oh, uh, shit, okay, I can take out the rest of the field. But thank God, Roman Reigns, Edge, Orton, and, let's see, Roman Reigns, Edge, Orton, McIntyre will eliminate Seth Rollins, thank God. So, yeah, at least Seth Rollins would not guarantee to win the Rumble that night. Came on to four of them. We saw a lot of team from Edge and Randy Orton. Mind you, these two are best friends, former tag team champions from a long time ago. Team rated RKO. Really badass team. I love Andrew Orton together. Really badass team. Uh, unfortunately, Edge would strike the Viper before the Viper striked him. Quote unquote by Michael Cole. Edge would eliminate Randy, um, Edge would eliminate Randy Orton, taking it to Randy Orton for not turning his back on him years before. So that was pretty cool to see that. Edge is very impressive. Until he got eliminated by Roman Reigns here. A lot of fans didn't like that, but, you know, Edge, it was good to see the return. But I don't think Edge needed to win the Royal Rumble here just to prove. Edge won, Edge won the 2010 Royal Rumble in Atlanta, Atlanta Georgia, ATL. So, for, and, and, mind you, he returned that night, too, because he was injured. So, kind of like this year, even though this year was more emotional for Edge to come back as previously, as previously to 10 years ago. So, yeah, for him to come back here and have a good showing, I mean, hell, Edge lasted 23 minutes, 43 seconds, so really good showing for Edge. Mind you, his wife, Beth Phoenix, was busted up in the back of the head, and she lasted about the same time here, so I think for Edge and Beth Phoenix that night, the married couple and their perspective one of the matches, they did a really good showing. I'm pretty sure all three of their daughters are proud of them, you know, so, yeah. It'll come up to Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre here. Drew McIntyre with the Claymore kick eliminated Roman Reigns to win the 2020 Roman matchup here. And this was so fitting to the point where, you know, you look at Drew McIntyre's career. Drew McIntyre has fought through every single damn obstacle to come to WWE. Mind you, he was hired by Mr. Man personally to be the chosen one to WWE. It was even, if you fans didn't notice, Drew McIntyre competed in the Money to Make Live match for May 2010. Mind you, there was also a rumor that he was supposed to go one-on-one against The Undertaker in Phoenix, Arizona, in Glendale at that time, but there was some fans that think he wasn't ready to do that. Well, some of, not fans, but officials that weren't ready. He was ready to take on that level. They stuck him in that 10-man money McGuire match. Boo-hoo. You know, it sucks. And then kind of derailed his career to join 3MB, which was a, the dumbest faction in WWE's history. Got fired by WWE in 2014, went to ROH, went to Progress, came back to WWE in the NXT brand in 2017, become the NXT champion, get injured, come back in 2018 on Monday Night Raw, prove himself in 2019 just to win the 2021 matchup here. I didn't dream I tired of any superstar, any wrestler, any male wrestler that is not American. He is a full-blooded Scot- Scottish superstar to come back and win the WWE and win the world matchup here. It's phenomenal. It's a really, it's a, it's a storytelling that you can write a book about this guy, guy's career, this guy's life here. And I'm one of those fans that's going to praise me back entirely here. Even though this was probably the last major victory he had in front of this many fans, and it, it really bullshits me because this whole fucking coronavirus happened that he couldn't not win the WWE Championship in front of maybe what was going to be maybe 70,000, 80,000 fans in Tampa, Florida at WrestleMania 36. Really pissing me off to the fact that this guy deserved the world to become the WWE Champion when he beat Lesnar at WrestleMania 36. 
And for the fact that it didn't happen in front of no fans at all, it happened behind closed doors, it kind of sucked. So if McIntyre really gets that moment again where he loses the championship but gets it back in front of maybe all the fans in the entire world, I'm going to be happy and I'm going to be say that this guy fucking deserves to be WWE champion in front of this many people. He would have he got that moment that we were supposed to have this year if that coronavirus had not happened. And for me to say this a lot, I'm going to keep shooting my ass off about this, that I really, 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 really want Jim McIntyre to have that moment. He deserves that moment. He really does. He's gone through every single obstacle in his career to make it this moment. And no matter who he faces, no matter who he fights, he is right now the best wrestler in WWE today, hands down. He really is. He can get praise from The Undertaker, Austin, The Rock, Triple H, anybody, even Mr. Rand himself, that Jim McIntyre is right now out of Raw, SmackDown, NXT, best wrestler on the roster, period. And if it is stamp on that, thank you guys for listening to my bonus episode about the 2020 Vulnerable here. And like I said, don't forget tomorrow night, WWE Tables and Chairs, live from the Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg, Florida at the Thunder Dome 2.0. You're going to see TLC main events here for both the WWE and the Universal Championship with Kevin Owens defending against Kevin Owens and the Max Star defending against AJ Styles for the first time ever. And now, surprisingly, we have a Firefly Inferno match between Renewal and The Fiend. I'm guessing this kind of Fire match where you're going to set somebody on fire. Oof. Man, the history between Renewal and Bray Wyatt stretched back to WrestleMania 33. I don't know how this match is going to go, but this is going to be damn interesting. And it's going to, it's going to be hot. It's going to be really hot. Ring until we're speaking. <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys for listening to this podcast. And. Feature the TL- turn to TLC tomorrow night on WWE Network, 70 Eastern, 4 Pacific, live exclusively on the WWE Network. Thank you guys and have a good night.